Welcome. To Arcade Audio. My name's Peyton, come on over cause we're still waiting It's movie night and we're both gay It's hard to find a movie that way Lucky for you we found a few It's Queer Movie Night Hi! Welcome to Queer Movie Night I'm I feel Deb. like I just blew out my microphone Oh that's okay <laughs> oh, Sorry that's Deb and I'm Peyton <laughs> Yeah and this mm-hmm. is Queer Movie Night And welcome to this podcast Welcome <laughs> <laughs> I'm wild right now. Oh, she just had her Danish and she's raring to go. Uh huh. Uh -huh. (laughs) Haven't even had my coffee yet. Still, can you believe? Can you believe? (sighs) She had her Danish dry, no coffee. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, yeah, you're right. Because right before I just, before I had the Danish, I told you both that I dip it, like dipping it in milk. So I really truly did have it dry because I didn't have milk or coffee to dip it in. My life is so hard, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh my oh, god. My um, god. <laughs> Good, <Peyton>. Today. <laughs> this is what happens when we record two episodes in a row because I got all pumped up. Wait, yes. am I not allowed to reveal that? I got all no, pumped god. up from from. Fear am I in trouble? This <laughs> <laughs> is the Fear Street episode. Took a ten minute break. I got my Danish. And I'm all I'm a I'm awake and I'm ready, and I'm too much. <laughs> You're per- the perfect enough. Um, Nikki's yes. not too much. Nikki's so sweet. Mm, you are too much. You're just enough. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. It feels really good to hear that. <laughs> There's a man. I'm right out. I'm right near the window of my apartment, like the main window. There's a there's man, a man staring at you. No, pacing right in front of my apartment on the phone very loudly, and I want to say, Ooh. "Sir, have you heard of Queer Movie Night? I am <laughs> recording it." <laughs> and he's going to "No, no, I don't know what you're talking about." Fuck <laughs> up! But he's literally walking. He chose my apartment building to be the one where he's like pacing back and forth on the phone. I swear. You want me to take him? <laughs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I'm ready to I'm ready to talk about the movie. Okay. And also, Rich can have creative you can have creative freedom to cut out any and all of this if you want. But knowing him, every time I say that and I listen to episodes back, it's always just me saying, Rich, cut that out. But it was never cut out. <laughs> like pretty much never. Um that's totally fine. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm a mess. What are we talking about? <laughs> we are talking about the Tom movie. Boy. Yes, Tomboy. Okay. Um, written take and the directed. For a few minutes, please. Wait, what? You could take the reins for a few minutes. I need. <laughs> I need. Some, I need to go sit in a corner with my back to the to everybody. <laughs> it's down. written. Um, you might have to help me. I say this name, but it's written and directed by uh, Celine Schiama. Celine Schiama. 
I think oh. it's, I looked at, I watched a YouTube video to hear how somebody announced her. Yeah. And that's how it was. Celine Sciamma. <laughs> who is who did, the um, director of Portrait of Portrait a Lady? Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which I, di- I didn't know until, you, to- until you told me. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did saw she... this. Hmm. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I was going to say, did she write Portrait of a Lady on Fire as well? I think she did. What? A? Resume. I know. She she wow. wrote a lot of great movies. She also did um, the actress from Portrait of a Lady on Fire was in another film she did called Water Lilies. Have you seen that one? No, but I've seen the the cover a lot because mm-hmm. I looked that up too. Yeah, you might have to check that one out. That's her debut mm-hmm. film. Um, but I actually I did not know that she directed this, but um, it makes sense. There's actually a scene, actually, the scene from the poster is um, the protagonist of this film posing for mm-hmm. their sister to draw a picture, which I think is such a cool uh, sort of connection to Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I saw this in college um, when I was sort of looking for queer films to watch. And I actually think I read that read about it uh, I read like the review in Entertainment Weekly. I used to like read Entertainment Weekly all the time, and it mm-hmm. got a really good yeah, review. I don't have and a stack it's of those on my yeah. table over there. Yeah, I, I used to do that in my past as well. Not the present. <laughs> I, I still read it in the present, but I don't. I don't have a subscription. But my mom like has one, and she like sends them to me every now and then. Yeah, um, full blown subscription. It's okay. I. I should get one. I love Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. Um, but it had a good review, and I remember it sounding interesting, so I, I looked for it, and I watched it, um, and I really liked it. Um, it's um, it's kind of similar to Portrait and a Lady on Fire in that it, um, it kind of has, like, a sad ending, but... Um, but it's not like devastating in a way, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of still hopeful. Um, uh, the film follows a young person who um, was born a girl um, um, whose given name is Lore um, or Lore. I'm not sure exactly how they pronounce it. It seems like they pronounce it Lore in the film. Um, And they are mistaken, but they move to a new uh, town and they're mistaken by another little girl named Lisa for a a boy. And uh, they sort of, go with the flow and, and give their name as Michael and, um, and play around the neighborhood as a boy, um, which goes well for a while until um, they're found out by their mother um, and they sort of have to reckon with, they're going to school in a few weeks and, and they're going to have to, or at least, in this situation, they have to go back to, to the, what is expected of them um, to behave as a girl. Um, and there's there's not a, a strong, like, there's not, like, a lot of plot going on. It's more like a lot of moments just seeing them navigate uh, this idea of gender and, and what they sort of playing with what it's like to, to get to be a boy outside of their household. Um, and it's uh they sort of have this budding relationship with lisa um until the end um when it's revealed sort of what was going on 
Um, and I don't know, it's just kind of a, a very uh, coming of age sort of story about how young people explore gender and things like that. Um, and I, I just found it to be really touching and, and really well done um, and, and moving for sure. Um, I don't know what, what you had, you had never seen this, right, Deb? What mm -hmm. were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I thought it was beautiful. And yeah, I, I definitely, it, I thought it would have a more devastating ending and not that it didn't, but it definitely didn't make me feel like as sad as I thought. Like there, yeah. there was some hope that like, like that they were going to figure this out. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really beautiful. It has to be the shortest script anyone's ever seen for a movie. Yeah, because there's not a lot like, of dialogue. No or anything. dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was very captivating for mm -hmm. a, for a film to have that little dialogue and not and not to mention that it's a, a foreign film. Mm -hmm. Like it really has to pull somebody in. Um, not that that's their job. Like it's not their job to pull. You know, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to, I don't know if I'm wording this correctly, but I just thought it was extremely captivating. Yeah. And I, I There's was There's got to be something bored. that keeps you watching. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it, it was just so interesting. And there, maybe that's a testament to, to Celine, because mm -hmm. also if you, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, it has more dialogue, but it's not a super dialogue heavy film either. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I feel like this is something that she's gifted at. Mm -hmm. Um filmmaking that doesn't need a bunch of people yapping a million miles per yeah. hour. Um, yeah. It's a very visual yeah. film for sure. Very visual. Mm -hmm. um, and, and obviously Celine does a, a beautiful job at, at framing a shot and um, keeping us captivated. Um, I was really impressed with the, especially the, the two uh, sisters as um child actresses i thought i thought especially they were so good yeah the um the lead the lead um uh laura michael um is very very good um at because there isn't a lot of dialogue uh, very good at conveying what's going on with their facial expressions and the younger sister um whose name is jean um she's actually very very good as well and also very adorable um mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. The interesting thing about this movie is when I first watched it, um, not, not knowing too much about, um, at the time, not knowing too much about, uh, you know, um, the trans experience and things like that. When I first saw the film, I sort of perceived it as, um, that Lore was, um, a lesbian or, or perhaps leaning that way. Um, and in, a interview with um after ellen actually <laughs> after Celine. ellen yeah oh, yeah blast from the past in 2011 um uh celine actually said that she sort of kept it ambiguous because she wanted it to speak to like she wanted it to speak to the trans experience she wanted to speak to the straight experience she wanted to speak to the gay experience um and and sort of recall that that time in your life when when you could like pretend to be someone else for a day and that sort of thing. Um, and I, I think that that really rings true. And like obviously in this rewatching it, um, 
10 or so, 10 or 20 years later, um, I, I can see that different perspective of, of perhaps this, this character grows and really um, truly wants to identify as a male as opposed to a female or, or, yeah. or maybe they don't. Um, but it, it, I can really see how um, people of many different lifestyles can approach this film and see themselves in it, which I think is really nice. Um, and it, uh, I don't know, it's, it's tricky, but it, I think it's done really well. I actually watched it with the lens that this was a transgender character. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that I, I definitely saw that more the second time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, my. What a sweet baby. I know. You just don't want anything bad to happen to them the whole time. Yeah. They're so sweet. And uh, it's just so... I also, I, 2011, not that like it's that long ago, but it, yeah. I feel like this would have been anything, anything, any queer movies that were like made, especially like a queer movie about a potentially like a trans, a trans, mm-hmm. a trans character made in 2011 and it's good. I'm like, mm-hmm. that that's a testament to Celine. Mm-hmm. I mean, also, I do have to say, like as a like as a cis person, like I I can't speak to that experience. Yeah, maybe somebody who's transgender watches this and doesn't agree with us. Yeah, and, you know that's that's on us. Um, yeah. but I I loved it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so beautiful, and it felt like a very true and very like honest story to tell. Mm-hmm. And simple. I love mm-hmm. the simplicity of it too. Yeah. It wasn't this whole thing where it was like navigating through life. It was just this kid who wanted to be somebody else. Yeah. And wanted to be called Michael and play with all the neighborhood kids and be treated like a boy. Mm-hmm. And it was like so simple and it was really beautiful for that reason. Yeah. I'm really glad that I, that I watched it and I'm surprised that I never have seen it. Yeah, yeah. It it makes me want to watch like Water Lilies and her and her other work since both Same. the ones that I've seen are so good. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, I I really liked it, and I I'm re- on the rewatch. I liked it even more. Um, I really like the the sort of I don't know if it's commentary or, or just sort of what um, Celine felt it would go like, but I love that. The the younger sister um, is so supportive of the oh, of the older um, sibling. Precious baby. And um, my my favorite is Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Except <laughs> so say cute. that in a little in girl French. French voice. Yeah. <laughs> the way she uh, talks about it about him and the way that she was talking about Michael to her new little friend. I know. Like, I loved it. She's so understanding and so yeah. wise for a little baby. Yeah. And when the mom is is um is forcing uh the the main character to to apologize, she's like oh. trying to stop her and it's so that was sweet. So, I think that's like the big one the big warning of this yeah. film is that that's hard to watch. Yeah, that part the, is very hard to watch. Because the because like that's the crux of the film, I would say. Michael, like, yeah. um, be, like, punched this other kid 
in the face because this other kid pushed down the the little sister. Yeah, to defend their little sister, yeah. Fuck you. Um, (laughs) Well, the little kid who got punched, who is objectively the worst, (laughs) told his mom, and then his mom and him came to their door and was like, Michael punched me. And the mom was like, I don't, ha- I, there's no Michael that lives here. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh God, this is where it starts. This is the, the yeah. fast decline. Yeah. And I, I get that it has to happen in film, but yeah, it, I was like, oh, here it we hurts. go. It hurts. So then um, they had to, the, the mom forced, forced them lore, mm-hmm. put on a dress and to go apologize and reveal that they are a girl. Yeah. And that was the worst to watch. Yeah, it's really just, painful. That was it's just so impressive about about the main actor too. It's like they were so young. Mm-hmm. Or truly a kid. I feel like all kid actors are like amazing. I'm always yeah. like, I don't understand how they do that. Like especially <laughs> dramatic ones. I'm yeah. like, how are you doing this right now? Um because yeah, I know like, like when I was a kid and I like tried to act like I was such a ham. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think, oh, well, Mr. Postman. <laughs> like, and like trying to force myself to cry and things like, like I can't yeah. imagine where they're getting this like amazing, subtle performance. Exactly. That's yeah. The thing is like there, the, this main character, Lore slash Michael mm-hmm. did, they don't really, they don't have these big dramatic moments and they really don't do, they don't have really strong facial features either. Mm-hmm. And that you mentioned that a lot of it, because there's no dialogue, a lot of the story and a lot of the feelings that this main character is having is portrayed on their face, but they don't mm-hmm. have a very emotional face. Mm-hmm. So the, but you know exactly what they're feeling. Yeah. That's, that is more impressive to me. Because, like, even, like, I, when I was, if I were a kid, I would be like, this is me being sad. This is me being happy. You know what I mean? When you're just showing all of the crazy facial yeah. features that you can do and facial emotions. But this character, this act, this actor did not do that or didn't mm. have that. And I think that was all the more impressive. The, mo- the most emotion, I feel like, that you saw was when the mom was forcing mm-hmm. them to go out themselves, basically. Yeah. And... Even then, it was still so subtle, but it was just so, I don't know. I'm having a, I'm having a hard time exactly saying what, I'm, what I want to say. I think I you're getting think it across, though. I think power, like, in acting. And I'm a person who uses their face a lot. I, I feel like I almost rely on my face a lot. I, can, <laughs> I can do stuff with it. But um, <laughs> to have that, that power as, a, as an actor, especially as a child actor, to, like, show that much and whatever, something that makes you happy, happy something that causes you pain, it's all in their eyes. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Like, that's really impressive. I just and maybe that's a testament to Celine too, to like casting the right kids and to get kids who like really understand such a complex idea like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the part where the mom. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. And then it and then it got, it gets even worse. I want to give um a trigger warning for some people who are listening, um, but um the once the kids find out that that uh this character michael or lore um has been pretending to be a boy they they sort of 
gang up on them and um want to want to make them prove that they're a girl and they force lisa the one character and lisa for her benefit tries to like defend michael and and keep them from from picking on him but they they sort of ridicule her and say that she's disgusting for kissing another girl um and they they make lisa sort of um pull michael's pants down to like show them and for the for the benefit of celine or or in her defense i'm I'm glad we don't actually see anything on screen i was very nervous yeah and i feel like that would have been that probably had this film been in another director's hands i feel like that would have been something we saw on screen um that was the that's one director might say is like something that we need to see, but like me as a viewer and like as an artist, I feel like that that not seeing it is is fine. Um, and it's just as effective that the moment happens. Um, and that that's really, really difficult to watch um, as well. And it's it's really um, it's really telling of how well, um she can tell the story and that like we see these two really devastating things happen to the character and then we still see at the end uh michael uh, slash lore speaking with lisa and um and them having sort of this moment of coming back together and and the there's not really the the movie doesn't end with like a, a surefire like this is what's going to happen ending but we do see like a subtle smirk from Laura Michael at the end of the movie that is sort of telling us like, this character is going to be okay. They're going to figure things out. They're, they're, they're not permanently scarred from what's happened to them. Um, which I don't know that a, a lot of the times I don't like a movie that sort of ends like without a resolution, but this, that was like enough of a resolution to me that I felt good walking away from it. If that makes yeah, sense. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I believed that that they that it would just work out. They would yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Another thing too is that that surprised me was like at the end of the sequence of the mom forcing Laura to do this. Mm-hmm. The the mom was like, "Just so you know, I'm I'm like this doesn't make me upset. Like I get yeah. what you're doing. It's just I don't have a choice because yeah, you have I don't to go know to school next week. Yeah." She's like, like, I don't know how to accommodate the. I like, don't know how to do. Like, do you have yeah, a she, better solution for this? Yeah, she's like, I don't. This isn't a punishment, and I'm not trying to teach you a lesson. I just don't know what to do. Yeah, and she's sort of like, and that that speaks to like, that speaks to like, the difficulty of like, especially in 2011, the difficulty of parenting a child who's gender nonconforming, or or gender questioning, of like, they don't the parents don't have the tools to know how to raise this type of child. And so they, they're going to bungle it up. They're going to mess it up and sort of, um, you know, like the mom doesn't, I'm not defending her, but like the mom doesn't like hit it out of the park, but she is, I guess she's sympathetic to Lore's, Lore slash Michael's, situation 
but she just doesn't know how to handle it because she doesn't have any experience or knowledge. And like, because that kind of thing is not spoken about, she doesn't, she's not, she doesn't have the resources to help her child. Yeah. yeah. The the way that she said that too made me think that like if if Laura does identify as Michael, like yeah. does does realize like they are transgender. Yeah. Like that it's not going it, like that yeah. eventually their like their family will be supportive. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. like it gave me like I it's think not going to be easy, of, but but there's a, there's going to be a way for the family to reconcile and and be yeah 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 that like the mom already sort of gets it or yeah. is starting to yeah and the dad is a very uh, seems to be a very sympathetic character that might be mm-hmm. able to help that with that transition mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then a perfect little sister. And the perfect absolutely little absolutely has your back yes. no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, it's definitely it's hard, it's it's hard to to talk about this film in length because it is such a quiet little movie but it has a lot of weight and a lot of um stuff to it and there's a lot of really poignant moments and and especially seeing it the second time around there are a lot of quiet moments of of this child, Lore slash Michael, looking at themselves in the mirror and looking over their body and, and trying to figure out what they see or what they want to see. There's a really poignant scene where the kids in the neighborhood are all going to go swimming. And um, because they're going to be in a bathing suit, um, uh, Lore slash Michael is worried that they'll notice that she doesn't have that they don't have boy parts um and <laughs> they make they make a, a small penis out of play-doh and stick it into their uh swimming trunks um and it's just interesting um to see such a heavy um a heavy conund- like a heavy mental process happening for like a child this young and and but if you do think about it like and like what i was thinking about with celine i'm sort of going off on a tangent but like what i was saying about celine saying like keeping it ambiguous and and helping people to see themselves in it like i remember even though i'm a cisgendered male um i remember as a child thinking like things would be so much easier for me if I was just a girl because then I could openly be interested in boys and like, I wouldn't have to worry about like what other people would think. And so like, I can, I can see that same struggle in um, lore slash Michael's character of like, things are just easier for me if I identify as male outside of my house, because then I can explore this side of myself that I'm not able to explore. Um, that I haven't been able to explore before. So, and so that scene sort of, it sort of, um, it sort of echoes with that, but it also, because of the focus on their body and, and the way that they see themselves, it does bring up these ideas of like, do they want to be in a different body? Are they just sort of trying to play and fit into the, to the ideal that they think um, these other care, these other kids 
expect them to be because they're identifying as Michael. It's a, it's a very heavy, complicated um, situation. Um, but I think it is done in a, in a very sensitive way. And I'm interested in, um, in hearing back from our listeners and, and if we have any um, transgender listeners who do uh, listen, I'm, I'm interested in hearing your perspective if you've seen the film and, and what you think of, of how it's uh, been done. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so, oh, Peyton. <laughs> but, you're, but everything you're saying, it's so, it's so real for so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I, that's just a very true experience. And yeah. I'm, I'm, it's just like, I've, uh, uh, it just brings back so many things when you hear, yeah. when you hear other people talk about that. And you know what? I really didn't watch it with this idea of like identifying with it. Um, yeah. but now that you point that out, like I really, I really, then I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. This reminds me of, I don't know. Even, even I don't know. It's just really you got you you caught you caught me there. Yeah. Well, you got me flustered because it was just so beautiful and what you're saying yeah. is so true and so real and like the, and it's so so deeply sad for a child yeah. to feel this weight, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, you think about like adults think that like kids don't have like these heavy things in mind. But like watching a film like this, you do remember like you do really tackle with these really heavy thoughts and these feelings so early on in your life. And it's like, it's unavoidable, like, because of the way that we're born, like, we're going to come against these, like, these conflicting ideas and have to reconcile them somehow. And that's why it takes, because like, parents like Laura slash Michael's mom, and like other parents in the world don't understand that point of view or that lifestyle that it may that it makes it understandable why it takes so many people so long to really figure out who they are or how how they are really comfortable in their own skin and so i think this this movie does a really good job of first of all being sensitive to its subject matter but also illuminating this part of the human experience that i think as adults we really either block out or, or kind of have forgotten about since growing up because we forget, we forget how one innocent we are, like how, how like the little sister sees no problem of, of Laura slash Michael sort of identifying as in a different way, but also the, the, um, slightly older character, Michael slash Lore, coming against these societal standards and not knowing how to reconcile them with with how mm-hmm. they feel on the inside. It's a it's a really complicated, really nuanced thing that I think is very well done in this movie. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like I we're. I don't, it's just so, it's just so, I don't know. It's, it's like, we're, we're kind of going through an issue right now with my family, mm-hmm. a big issue where my, they don't listen to this. So I, I'm going to 
Who cares? <laughs> yeah, they, I was about to ask. I was like, you no, don't have to don't. talk about None this. Of them <laughs> well, it's it's just it's what we it's been our last week. We went mm-hmm. home last weekend to Ohio. Love Ohio. Um, this trip was rough. We had a very rough time with my family. Um, we've been together. My wife and I have been together. It'll be 13 years this fall. And I think my parents thought that we were having, we had this big blowout thing. We did. It happens every, like maybe every five years because mm-hmm. my parents have like accepted Kayla. They acknowledge our marriage, but there's always fine print. And I, I've kind of been in denial about that the last few years because it's been like, okay. Yeah. Um, but there was a big blow up and where I realized that my parents really haven't actually changed. And in my mind, I thought they had. Yeah. So I'm kind of mourning the loss of what I thought they were yeah. and kind of going through all of these feelings that I felt um, 13 years ago that I, and, and I mean, it are my issues with them have, have lo- it wasn't like 13 years ago they reacted badly and then the next day they were fine. I mean, it was yeah. like seven years of bad and yeah. then a couple of years, the last couple of years have been okay. But I just realized they really actually haven't changed. They still feel not great about it and they still don't fully accept us. And yeah. they said it out loud and I just shocked me that, but the big, the, the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up is a really big issue with my family right now that ended up being the blanket problem and fight of the whole weekend is my, uh, we have three nieces and nephews. My brother has three kids. My sister has a kid. My sister is wonderful and very supportive. My niece, her daughter knows we're married, like calls us, calls Kayla and Kayla, all that Mm. stuff. Um, But my brother-in-law is kind of like my parents where he's nice to our face but he is even less – will acknowledge it even less than they do. Um, certainly will never post, like, anything online. He's a youth mm. pastor, yeah. all that stuff. But they are struggling with telling the kids because the kids are getting older and they're starting to notice and starting mm. to ask questions. And Kayla and I noticed it at Christmas, and we're like, oh, they're starting to ask. And we're like, well, but we don't – like they're the parents, whatever they can decide when they want to tell them. Yeah. What I found, what we found out is that they're, that they don't want to tell them because they don't want them to think it's normal. And that my parents essentially agree. Agree. So I'm so sorry, but all we keep the thing that we keep just like, we, we keep saying, and we told them a thousand times, that it's just so clear. Like you kids are so they have that. It's that innocence. They have, they're naive. You tell them anything and they're like, okay, that's just how it is. Yeah. This little sister was six, maybe five. Mm -hmm. I think she said she was six and completely 100% understood was immediately supportive and just was like, this is how it is because mm-hmm. I'm a kid and this is what the grown up told me. And mm-hmm. it's not weird because it's not weird. Yeah. Because this is just my reality now. This is what I believe. And this is what my parents told me. Mm-hmm. So like when my sister's kid is like 
Aunt Kayla, Aunt Kayla. And this happened. My brother's daughter, who's a little bit older, she's almost nine, was like, don't call her Aunt Kayla. She's not your Kayla. Or she's not your aunt. And then it was just, it's, but that's the thing. It's like, yeah. it's very normal for my, yeah. for my other niece because my sister has made it normal. Yeah. Because she's never made it a weird thing. Yeah. And that's, I don't know. Just struggle. It's been the, it was like, I don't know. I'm kind of having a hard time talking about it because it's been the, it's been, we've just it's very recent. depleted. Yeah. And honestly, we both, it's, we're having a hard time talking about it even still. So we haven't really yeah. talked about it and we couldn't, we couldn't have run out of that state faster and i love i love my home yeah and i feel like we neither of us want to go back for a while it was rough i'm so Um, sorry it's you know it's so it's okay because and maybe i'm this film i just watched it two days ago like in Mm -hmm. the thick of feeling all of these things and like being so sad Mm -hmm. about i feel like i lost my family again so it's just watching this movie was like, I don't know. It felt like I kind of could identify a little bit yeah. with different aspects of it. Not like don't fully understand Laura slash Michael's experience, but mm-hmm. that experience of like, it reminded me of the kids, like the kid yeah. issue of like the parents don't understand or like they, like this per this kid can't like fully convey what they're feeling to their parents. Yeah. And I, I don't know. There's this, this is, it's, I guess I'm kind of having just a moment where I'm like realizing as you talked about it and what it reminded you of yourself. Mm. I'm realizing now that we're ta- now that we're talking about it, like at length that it pulled at different parts of my experience, not only as a kid growing yeah. up, but as an adult fucking right now this yeah. week. Yeah. Like I'm 30 and I'm still yeah. dealing with my homophobic family. Yeah. Just new layers of it. So yeah. I don't know. This movie really uh <laughs> loved it. <laughs> go back and watch Fear Street. Watch yeah. a girl's head go through a sandwich <laughs> bread cutter. Because honestly, that sounds very nice right now. <laughs> that, that was a lot of disjointed Compared thoughts. Compared to like real life trauma, for sure. Yeah. Those were a lot of disjointed thoughts. And I appreciate I appreciate Nikki and Peyton and everybody getting through that with me because it, it feels very disjointed and I'm not I'm not able to like eloquently get across really what's going on in my head because it's all kind of jumbled and it has been. And because we, Kayla and I haven't really talked about it that much because it just makes us very sad Yeah, and we don't, we're not ready yet. Like, yeah, I just, and then watching this, this film this week, it's just a lot. Yeah. But not in a bad way. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it is for one reason, but the, the film itself, I guess that's maybe, I don't know. Like this is gonna make you feel. This is gonna make you feel things. Yeah. Remind you of things. Make you think of things that maybe either you haven't thought of since you were a kid, or things that you that you deal with as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um. And fuck, Celine, whatever. She needs to stop making things because they ruin my life. <laughs> Fucking sobbed my eyes out for like an hour after I saw a portrait of a lady on fire. And now this one is giving me existential crisis. 
<laughs> Thank you for going with me on that ride. It was not. Thank you for sharing. I. That's so much. And I, I appreciate you sharing your experience. I really do. And I just want to hug you right now. I wish that we were doing this in person. Yeah. Can you believe we used to? Doesn't it feel like a million years ago that we used to do this? Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, thanks. Just trying to sort it, sort it out. You know, yeah. what I mean, trying to sort it, sort it out emotionally and mentally. And then we got we the last day of our trip, we left and went to our friends, our best friends, Laura and Julie, for a Fourth of July thing, and we were so like. We were like, we have to get hammered. We were so <laughs> upset and yeah. like distraught. And we went unbelievably hard to the point where we had to extend our trip a day because we just stayed in bed in our friend Laura's house. <laughs> and we have been, hu- we were hungover for like four days. So that, like the physical, like exhaustion mixed with emotional and mental exhaustion is just like yeah. made a salad of, and that of a salad of exhaustion in this house this, this week. And then on top of it, it's raining, which I just told you, I love it when it rains. Cause it just gives me an excuse to do what I love, which is nothing, but yeah. it's like, I don't know what's good for me right now. <laughs> I feel like a masochist. I'm like, I'm going to stay in bed for four days in a row. <laughs> I, I love it. and then peyton was like i'm gonna choose this movie tomboy (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) and it's beautiful and heart-wrenching and (laughs) wonderful and it's i did warn you i did warn you that it was sad though i did you actually did yes (laughs) you did warn me it was sad and i i genuinely said thank you for that warning (laughs) yeah my god it was really it was really beautiful i'm so glad i watched it and i'm really glad that you chose it Especially because there's not, I don't feel like we've, I, I personally don't feel like I've watched enough things or, or like taken in much art about the specific transgender experience, which I know, like, yeah. I know Celine says like, oh, this could be for anybody, but I feel like rewatching it now, like, mm-hmm. it's like pretty clear to me. Um, yeah. But it's not, it's not something, it's not subject matter that you see done a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's like kind of a new thing in the last couple of years, I feel like, where people are actually casting trans actors mm-hmm. and like writing trans storylines. Um so I love it. I, I love it. Like I I need to I need to I'll just take it all in. I need to take <laughs> more in, you know? Yes. Oh my god. I need a nap. It's <laughs> one PM. Well, let's start wrapping up. Um <laughs> Uh, we usually uh, rate our films uh, based off of two scales. The first one being the Vita Russo test, which is an established test um, used by film critics to explore queer representation in film. Uh, it follows three rules. One, that there be queer identifying characters in the film. This is um, this one is a difficult one because the the identif the the self identification of the, the protagonists of this film is kind of vague um and and they lore slash michael is is in the in the process of exploring their own gender identity so we don't really know how how they identify or how they wish to identify in the future but i would say that this this character is is um presented 
as queer enough to pass that rule. I might be fudging it a little bit, but that's how I feel. No, I would agree. Yeah. The second is that the the queer identifying characters have personality traits other than being queer. I would say that this one does. And the third is that removing them from the plot would change the plot significantly. Um, obviously, um, this being the protagonist of the film, it would change the plot significantly if they were removed. Yeah. Um, sorry. And no, you're good. we do or roll rates and I'm not going to say the highest is five. I'll be <laughs> correct. The highest is six. Uh, I'm going to. Hmm. This is hard. <laughs> this is hard because I feel conflicted about my about my own shit going. Like, yeah. Going through. So it's like on one hand, I'm like, oh, this this movie reminded me a lot of about things. This bad stuff, bad juju. But also, like, but I don't regret it. Like I said, yeah. it was beautiful, and I'm glad that I watched this, and I'm glad yeah. that I watched something that I've never seen with this type of subject matter that's not often told. Yeah. So um, I'm going to give it a six. Fuck it. It yeah. was beautiful. It was beautiful. And I'm very excited to go down Celine's... Um, Repertoire. rabbit hole i can't believe i've <laughs> never seen water lilies i've seen the cover so many times yeah, but i've yeah. never actually watched it but yeah, yeah. um yeah i think i would give it a six too i mean i'm really interested i hope we do get some feedback about this film and and hear some other perspectives about it um but from from where i'm sitting i think it's a really sensitive and um really touching portrayal of what it's like to explore gender as a child, um, what I imagine it is like to experience um, exploring gender as a, as a trans, uh, as a trans child. Um, and I, I think it, it, if, if nothing else, it, it's really getting us to have these type of conversations, which I think are really important. And um, I think, I, I think it's a beautiful film. I think um, it's a lot of it is difficult to watch or not a lot of it, but um, a, a few scenes are difficult to watch. Um, but uh, I enjoyed rewatching it. It's not a film that I would say I'll never rewatch again because I, there is a lot of it that's enjoyable and, and gives me joy to watch. Um, and I do highly recommend it. Um, right now you can uh, rent it uh, through Microsoft um, and um, hopefully it'll return to Netflix sometime soon. You can also purchase the film on Amazon on DVD, I think. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, please follow us at Queer Movie Night on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow me at Peyton Cody Lynch on Instagram and Twitter. And me, Deborah Duncan on Twitter and Deborah D. Bag on Instagram. And thank you for listening. We'll have um, another film for you in a couple weeks. And we appreciate you so much for uh, listening. Make sure to like, uh, subscribe, follow, whatever you do to <laughs> those podcast. Those words that we neglect to say every single episode. <laughs> every yeah, single thank episode. Thank you for saying those, Peyton. <laughs> 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 leave us some reviews uh let us know what you think we're how we're doing we like we like to hear from people um and you know have a have a great summer everyone have a great summer i think we'll probably come back before summer's ending but. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but just in case 
I never, I never know how to wrap things up, especially when we don't know what the next movie is going to be. <laughs> I know we don't know what it'll be, but it'll be good. I promise. It'll be good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net. Thank you. Yes. All righty. All right. You ready, Pete? Uh, yes. One second. Claire McFadden just texted me and asked if I'm going to watch the Euro Cup today. Oh, is the Olympics on? Oh, no. Wait, that's soccer, right? For soccer? What a random thing for her to ask me. I didn't even know what was going on. Um, no, I'm going to be watching the newest Christmas Hallmark movie that came out because it's home. It's Christmas in July. <laughs> Hallmark, which didn't know that was a thing. It was all commercial and we screamed. <laughs> Literally. What's it? What's it called? What is it? But the newest movie. Yeah. Uh, crashing through the snow starring Amy <gasps> Acker, baby. <laughs> I was like, is it my birthday? Yeah. Yeah. And it it feels like it when I'm gifted something like this. <laughs> Don't Amy you like Hallmark Okay. Amy Acker from um I do Person of Interest and other uh other Hallmark movies. <laughs> I definitely recognize her, but I don't know what I've seen her in. Lesbians love her because uh, she was a part of a lesbian ship with, Shara, with Sarah Shahai, who played Carmen on the L Word, on this CBS procedural called Person of Interest. Oh, nice. And they were, like, actually canon. They started, they weren't ever supposed to be together, but the subtext, or, like, their chemistry was so strong that the writers just wrote it in. <gasps> we're like, okay, we're going to make them a couple. But they didn't I do love it officially that. until, like, four seasons in. It was a very slow burn. They have, I've never watched the show in full, but you know how like, like a compilation put up compilations on YouTube. Yeah. I've watched the compilation many times. It's really that's good. so cool. Oh, she was I on, she's that. famous for being on angel too. I never seen angel. I've seen a little bit of Buffy. Yeah. But she's in a bunch of Hallmark movies and don't you love Hallmark movies? Me? Yeah. Yes. She's also in cabin in the woods. Oh, she's a scientist. And okay. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Anyway. Okay. Wow. Right, oh, I guess go? we could have said, hi, welcome to Queer Movie Night before I got into all of that. I just realized <laughs> we're recording. I mean, not so, that it's that interesting for anybody to listen to. <laughs> so how about this? How about, Rich, if you want to keep this, go ahead. <laughs> if you think it's interesting, I guess... <laughs> Now we'll say the intro to the show. <laughs> Everybody just got a real glimpse of what I what I make behind you the talk scenes. to me about when we're not recording. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let me get a cup of water. I just had a piece of Danish. I don't know if this is gonna be. <laughs> okay. Ready? <laughs> Yay. Okay. Three, two, one.